Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for September 25th, 2022. Join in our call to worship. God of mystery, you called Ananias by name, and he responded, Here I am. You called Paul to the work of your church, and he responded by giving his life to your word. Similarly, you call us into community and faith, so we respond with love and time, energy and hope. We respond with worship. Let us worship the God of transformation and grace. Amen. God, you call us. Help us to answer your call. Help our worship to be holy and our service to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. Sure. 
Let us pray. Thank you, God, that in every nation and every time you accept all people who honor you. Thank you for anointing Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and for working through him to do good to all and to heal those weighed down by evil. Thank you for calling us to be your witnesses. May we see and taste and know Jesus' resurrection power, his care for the world, and his wisdom as judge of the living and the dead. Call us toward the great banquet of unity you are preparing in the world, as all who have faith like Jesus come into peace with one another and peace with God. Amen. Our scripture today is Acts 9, 1 through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias! He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name." So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is our last service using our Unraveled series. Some of these messages have stretched me, which is a good thing. All of them have spoken to me in one way or another. I think things often come unraveled in our lives in one way or another. It is often during those times that we are more open to what God is trying to say to us. When things come undone, when our tightly woven plans have unraveled, we turn to God to undo the mess we have made. And so it was with Saul, who became the Apostle Paul. Saul has become the number one enemy of the way. With every breath he spews threats and murder against the apostles and their followers. He is more than just a willing accomplice. He takes the initiative to go to the high priest and ask for papers, arrest warrants in effect, so that he can seize Christ followers and bring them to prison in Jerusalem. I have no doubt that Saul thought he was doing the right thing. I have no doubt that Saul believed that his Jewish faith required him to defend it against those who would lead others astray. I'm sure he looked upon those first Christians as the worst kind of heretics, heretics who must be wiped out in order for truth to prevail. Zeal for his own religion consumed him. But on the road to Damascus, God takes hold of Saul in a new way. Light from heaven, akin to a flash of lightning, flashes around him. A voice speaks, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul has no idea what is happening. We can almost hear the quaver in his voice as he gasps out his question, Who are you, Lord? And then the astonishing answer, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. Saul hears. Saul gets up. But Saul cannot enter the city without help. The men with him take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus to a house in a street called Straight. There he has a vision of a man named Ananias. In that vision, Ananias comes and lays hands upon him to restore his sight. And for three days he waits, not eating, not drinking, blind, helpless, far from home. But this is a story of more than just Saul. This is also a story of Ananias, who has prejudices of his own. Saul's reputation has preceded him. So when God tells Ananias to go into that street called Straight to find Saul and restore his sight, Ananias has reservations. Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. 
In other words, God, you have got to be kidding. Don't you know who this Saul is? But God knows God's business better than Ananias does. Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias, convinced by God's message, goes to Saul. He lays hands on Saul. He calls Saul brother. He brings Jesus' message to Saul and tells Saul that he will be healed and will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately the scales fall from Saul's eyes. We all love a good conversion story, don't we? I heard an excellent conversion story this last week. It is the story of a young man named Christian, the son of Italian immigrants. He was a lonely teen when an older man approached him and recruited him for a white supremacist group. Hungry for belonging, Christian swallowed the message of hatred the group espoused, learning to hate Jews, to hate gays, to hate blacks, to hate immigrants, conveniently forgetting that he was the son of immigrants himself. The message of hate consumed him, but perversely it also gave him meaning and direction for his life. He became a leader in the group, covering his body with tattoos and shaving his head, founding the first skinhead group in his state. Somehow, during all this, he met and married a woman who didn't have a racist bone in her body. His wife gave birth to a baby boy whom he loved very much, but the hatred would not let him go. Even after he lost his job and his family because of his white supremacist beliefs, he stuck with them. He opened a record shop where he sold music produced by white supremacist groups. Canny enough to know that his community would shut him down if this was the only kind of music he carried, he also carried some popular music like rock and hip-hop. 75% of his business was from white supremacists, but other people occasionally bought records from his shop. After all, it was the only record shop in town. Two of his customers were a gay couple who occasionally brought their young son with them. At first, all his indoctrination rose up in him, and he could see them only through the lens of hatred. But then he started noticing. He noticed how attentive they were to their son. And it struck him that this couple loved their son just as he loved his own son. And the scales over Christian's eyes began to fall away. Then one day a black teenager entered the shop obviously upset, and Christian asked the teen what was wrong. The boy poured out a story of his, his mother's being diagnosed with breast cancer, and Christian understood completely because his own mother had had breast cancer as well. 
and the scales over Christian's eyes fell away. Christian's conversion was radical and dramatic. He got rid of the white supremacist music in his store. Since that music had been the reason his store had done good business, his sales declined to the point that he lost his store. But Christian did not look back. Instead, he cut all ties with the white supremacists he had associated with and began speaking out about his experiences as a former member. He tried to get others to see the dangers of race hatred. He counseled others who were in its grip. Once, while counseling a young man who wanted nothing better than to kill Muslims, Christian introduced the young man to the imam of the local mosque. The two struck up an unlikely friendship and now meet often for coffee and conversation. God works in mysterious ways. Brothers and sisters, God is in the business of conversion. God is in the business of making all things new. Can we, like Saul, allow old prejudices and hatreds to unravel? Can we, like Ananias, trust God's assurance of salvation? Thanks be to the God of new beginnings and second chances. Let us pray. God, unravel in us all that is false and weave into our lives that which is true. Let the scales fall from our eyes. Let us reach out to others with healing hands and the message of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God of new life, what would we give to have you appear with a flash of light and a clear voice like you did for Saul? Maybe then our doubts would disappear. Maybe then we would live as you called us to live. However, when our lives depend on faith, we forget your surprising grace. Instead, we draw lines around enemies and friends, who's in and who's out. We see the other faster than we see our neighbor and refuse second chances. Pull the scales from our eyes. Help us to see as you see. Help us to live as you live and forgive us when we fail to do so. Humbly we pray. Amen. Me.
receive the benediction. When life unravels, God is there to stitch our wounds together, to hold us in the palm of God's hand, to tell us of love, and to invite us into a new journey. Go with God. Amen.